The home that you worked so hard to purchase or the business that you dreamed of owning deserve to shine. LDJ Cleaning Professionals specialize in commercial, residential, and disinfecting cleaning. We've served Aurora and the Quad Counties with over 20 years experience in the professional cleaning industry. Whether you're looking for window cleaning, disinfecting, or general office cleaning, we offer it all and more. Hire a true professional and call us today at 630-291-5435 or visit our website at www.ldjcleaning.com. We help you protect your investment. Rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. It is Monday, February 1st. 2021, the first of the month. Get up, get up, get up. Jazz, jazz, get up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's a... All right, enough of that. Good morning. You are listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. We've got a great show for you guys today, and we are going to get into the news and the headlines and the weather and all that good stuff so we can let you guys know what's going on and then jump into what we got to talk about with who we have to talk about it with so first things first uh it's cold outside the high today will be 33 degrees uh the sun is already starting to poke up so that's really good hopefully by the time that we are all ready to go it will be beaming with brightness outside um so the aurora public library has had a great slew of events and there are still a couple more to come uh, the next upcoming calendar event that the Aurora Public Library has will be Tai Chi for the Chinese New Year. Friday, February 12th at 10 a.m., the ancient practice of Tai Chi, clinically proven to be an effective exercise to improve health, fitness, and relaxation, will be a program available to adults. Registrations required. Tuesday, February 16th, 7 p.m., Growing Your Business with LGBTQ-Friendly Practices, part of the Fairness and Equality for a Better Aurora series. Registration is required. Thursday, March 18th, 7 p.m., Civic Education Township Government, continuing partnership with the League of Women Voters for the Aurora area. The series focuses on township government and its role in policy making. Very good stuff. All right, from 8 o'clock a.m. until 4 p.m. today, you can get a free COVID test. Uh, that will be at the East Aurora Flea Market today. Uh, so shouts out to the city of Aurora and the flea market for putting that on. Tomorrow, you will be able to receive free COVID testing shots at La Chiquita in Aurora. So shout out to La Chiquita as well. We posted the uh, the site, or not the site, but the posting of the lists of places to get free COVID uh, tests. When there is another list with more locations and dates, we will surely post that as well. The next Art and Market Aurora will be Saturday, February 13th. A great gathering of vendors and artisans. It's happening every second and fourth Saturday at Society 57, 100 South River Street. Shouts go out to Society 57. Also, Kane County's Volt Mobile Van is returning to Aurora, Elgin, and West Dundee. From the 8th of this month through the 10th, the van will be at 1952 West Galena Boulevard from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. The van will then be at Prisco's 
from February 11th to the 12th, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Shouts out to the, uh, well, to Kane County and the city and all the associated places for putting that on. And the Aurora Steam Academy application portal went live at 6 o'clock this morning. The Aurora, City of Aurora and a company called Tinkerworks have partnered together to bring steam education and training to 750 Aurora area youth. Shout out to Tinkerworks and shout out to the Aurora City Council for making that happen. And STEAM, as we know, is an acronym for Science, Technology, Education, Arts, and Mathematics. I know y'all heard me pause. Like, is he going to mess it up? No, I didn't. And last but not least, I want to give a couple of quick shout outs. AA Electric, Jen Ingram Art, Grandma Bear's Daycare. Bally Doyle, shouts out. I want to say shouts out to District 129, West Side of Aurora, Junior Achievement. Also want to say a good morning to friends of the show, Tracy Duran, Juan Reyna, and Yvonne from Cotton Sea Creative Exchange. And with that, that's the news. Well, good morning to you folks. Good morning. Good, good morning. morning and glad to meet you and good to see you guys. Uh, so for our listeners and for our audience, we have Michelle. And Roderick, uh, Kelly, his last name. Yes. Okay. Um, good to meet you folks. So for those who do not know you, let us know where you're from. Well, I grew up in West Chicago, okay. so not too far from here. Small little train town and went to West Chicago High School, graduated and went to Florida Institute of Technology for my college years. Okay. And after Roderick and I married, uh, we spent a few years in North Aurora and then we saw the light. <laughs> and moved to Aurora, the, the greatest city on the planet. Right, the light in the city of lights. The, the city light in the city of lights. <laughs> Roger. Yeah. Well, I, I grew up in uh, northern Minnesota in a very small town of 1,200 people and uh, and moved to the Chicago area uh, in the, many years ago uh, because I was a reporter with uh, Copley, news, uh, Copley Newspapers. Uh, started in Joliet. But then uh, worked with the group of newspapers that Copley uh, owned, including the Aurora Beacon News, which is where Copley was founded. So, oh, yeah. and that's where I met Michelle. Um, she had her own company, and I was a, a reporter working on a story, and we met, fell in love, married, three kids. In fact, that's one of the things I loved about him. He came from a little town along the Iron Range, and it's absolutely idyllic. The people are lovely, right. and it's it's nine hours from here, so it's it's quite close to Canada. Canada. Closer right, to yeah. Canada yeah. than it is to the cities. Well, that kind of area is pretty much the typical Americana type of area background. Is that a fair assessment of that kind people, of place? People up there always say it's God's country, so right. uh, it really is. It's near the Boundary Water. It's a canoe area. Uh, quite a national forest, so uh, a lot of outdoors activities, even in cold and snow. Uh, so nobody went, stays indoors. Right. So you guys met on a story. Yes. And here we are. The story continues. The story. <laughs> Hopefully for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one thing that I I do like. So you're from the west side, correct? Or you both? Who both? We folks live on the west side. Yeah, we live near yes. Aurora University. Oh, okay. All right. Um, what's the Aurora story like now in your perspective for mm -hmm. you guys? For the city of Aurora? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think this, the, for me, the story of Aurora 
has been escalating since the moment we step foot into our home. Okay. We see that there is this neighborhood that is timeless. We still have a Christmas party that is now 36 years in the running, of course, not in 2020, but 36 years running, where all the neighbors gather for uh, an elegant evening uh, dinner and cocktail party in our neighborhood. This is something that, that pulls people together. So there's, a, there's this wellspring of community here. The story, the story is a city unfolding, a city evolving, a city blossoming into, into its greatest potential. Uh, the opening of businesses in downtown Aurora, uh, the, the the sense of community, um, helpfulness by neighbors, um, and the, the arts. Oh, the, the arts! Yes, it, it's becoming a creative town. I mean, right. the creativity is showing, whether it's through the murals on on buildings or uh, the paintings on on the light uh, changing of the light boxes. Uh, to sculptures, to uh, creatives in photography and video, creatives in writing, poetry. So we see this as a real arts community, and, and obviously the Paramount is, is a keystone for that. Right. Uh, and everything blossoms from that. Um, now, since you've been here, what are some of the major changes, the really big ones that have stuck out in the time that you guys have been here, that you've noticed? Development in downtown, downtown Aurora. Yeah. The knitting together of the Fox River Trail. I like that. Um, the knitting together of the Fox River Trail, right? Yes. So I'm a runner. Roderick is a biker. And we you never love, know it. But. We, <laughs> we love the trails. We love the trails. And so I, I see this vibrancy. Also, there are so many people who are moving into the area. I love the diversity. We met someone who moved into our neighborhood recently. She's from San Diego. She had grown up here, but then gone away for quite a number of years, and now she's moved home. This is fascinating to me. People move to another house in Aurora, just two or three streets away. Yeah. I could probably name 10 people who have done this. Yeah. And if I tried harder, I could probably name even more. Well, you're looking at one, actually. I, uh, I moved from a block away to like two blocks away. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just, skip and you, you don't see that in communities. You, you really don't. There, it, this is the second largest city in the state, but it is like a small town to me. And I, right. I know from experience, this is like a small town. We walked on the day it snowed Monday, the first snowfall. Yes. We walked downtown. It's two, two miles. We walked down to, to Aurora Fast Print to pick up some documents, walked back home. The snow, it was beautiful. People were out, they were shoveling, they were having a great time. As a friend of mine said, it looks like a Norman Rockwell painting in certain areas when you're looking. Looks like it, feels like it, acts like it. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah it really does. And, uh, uh, you know, we've heard the stories of how this downtown used to be when it, it was a little worse and there were the, the car dealerships on, on um, the street behind LaSalle Street mm -hmm. and all this. We've heard those stories. We're seeing it come back and it's the mom and pop businesses. And, you know, it's, it's really, really cool to see. The, these businesses are flourishing. Who would have thought you'd have three coffee shops downtown that are privately owned right. that are not chains? Right. That's a good point. I mean, that's a good point, yeah. That, that, that's incredible. That's showing people coming together. And uh, 
It's just great. It's just great what we see. And, you know, Judd Lofchi, he uh, formed a business, uh, Aurora Business United, about 10 years ago or so. I, I don't know how long ago. Where small business owners get together to network on a, on a weekly basis. Things like that are really impressive. You don't see that in, in a lot of communities. Right. Uh, I am. I have always been impressed that Aurora has always had the ability to stay local, but have the layer of professionalism that you would see in perhaps a larger city. You know, um, a Chicago or a New York, mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. You know, to be able to meld the uh, the big interests and the interests of the little guy. Yes, and I think that's a really keen observation because being local, having that local angle and serving the local community is a choice. And you can see in Aurora, it's very intentional. It's intentional right. in the planning, it's intentional um, by the developers in downtown Aurora and outlying areas, and it is something that uh, we're all very proud of. And there are so many little jewels in this city. Aurora University, we're three blocks away from it. They've got, they've got great programs that are free. Mm -hmm. That you just need to register. Now they're, they're virtual, but I mean, they'll, they'll come back to be an in-person. Uh, you know, their music department, their theater department put on performances. These are, these are hidden jewels in a city that I hope people take advantage of. We certainly do, and our children, uh, we make sure that they did. So. so, do you remember what the day and the story was that you were covering where you guys met? Yes. Take, take me through that. Okay. I like how you, Roderick jumped up with you. <laughs> it was, like, yeah. it was uh, September 5th uh, in 1990, and uh, I was a bureau chief for Copley, and uh, Michelle had her business. She was doing publicizing the first uh, day surgery center in Illinois. Oh. This was a very controversial subject back in the late 80s and early 90s. People didn't want day surgery centers. A lot of people did. They wanted to stay in the hospital for three days. They didn't believe in quick in and out surgeries. So this was at, uh, at the Downers Grove Hospital. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't at the hospital, it was an outbuilding sure. on, uh, on site. And uh, it was Judy Bartopinka, who was the state senator from that district. It was the administrator of the day surgery center a photographer, and myself and Michelle, that was it. And I toured the facility, interviewed, did a story on it, and she was the publicist. Uh, so we actually have a picture of us from the photographer took, oh, of us on our very first time we met. So that was kind He's of- He's leaving out the tragic part. Well, that was a good story with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's building up to it, right? leaving out the tragic part. I'm best to let her. Yeah. <laughs> Because I don't want to hear Roderick. Why did you tell you that story? Yeah. Michelle, so, please let us know the truth. I'm traditionally late. Yeah. As I was today by a few minutes. So I'm traditionally late, and I was late on that day. I was running late. And I saw the first set of glass doors. Okay. Cleared them. Did not see the second set of glass doors. Rushing. And Rushing. Smashed right into them. Roderick was in the waiting area, saw the whole thing. <laughs> After I bounced off the glass and stood there for a while trying to get my senses, I walked in and I introduced myself and he, he said, 
This, honestly, this was the first line he ever said to me. It looked like a bird smashing into a window. <laughs> and as we were going around the uh, tour of the facility, and we, we went from one door into the vestibule, and then he pointed to where the imprint of my face was on the glass. <laughs> Smudge mark. <laughs> right, yeah, still there. Yeah, still still there. there. And then we carried on with the interview, and I remember going home that night, and I said to my mother, I met somebody today, he's so funny, I could see myself spend the rest of my life with him. And We got the embarrassing part out of the way. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't get through right there. Uh, truth be told, that was September. We went on our first date at Thanksgiving weekend, because he's so... He's so ethical, he would not date me until the story She's ran. She's a publicist. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to date So the, the story had to run before we went on our first date, and I chased him until he agreed to go out with me. And then uh, we were engaged by February and married in August. Where did you guys go on the first date? We went to the <laughs> patent leather shoes really reflect up. Yes. At Drury Lane in, um, not oh. the one, not uh, Oak, Oak Park. Oak Park. One of those oaks. Oak yeah. Oak, Oak, not Oak Brook, the other one. Evergreen Park. Evergreen okay. Park, that's it. It's closed now, that, that yeah. particular one. Yeah, we lasted longer than the theater did. Right. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. I think... Um, lasted longer than our priest did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in the story of uh, Aurora, too, this is interesting to know because there's a lot of people who have stories that have transcended a lot of Aurora history and dates and things like that. And in the time of COVID, when people can't go out... Mm. And uh, people are or have been in relationships and things like that where they may not begin long. These are the good kind of stories I like to hear because I really love how people met when they last for a very long time and survived those uh, ups and downs. But the, the down, I'm glad you gave us the tragic part of the story. Yes, well, you know, there's always rising action. Yes, exactly. every story, there's always a climax. <laughs> that was it on that day. Um, what's it like being professionals? And what you guys, because you were business professionals and then started writing together, is that a fair assessment? Is that a good way to put it? We formed the company in the early 2000s, uh, but Michelle was really a uh, stay-at-home mom okay. uh, with our three children. Okay. Uh, through most of that, did, she did a lot of back office uh, stuff while I was uh, working mainly public relations for uh, corporations. And then... Um, about four years ago, and and we we've hit we've hit the recessions, and uh, it has forced me to go back into the corporate world. Um, uh, we've had our ups and downs, just like everybody else. And the recession ate everything in our refrigerator. Yeah, it, it really tore <laughs> us apart. And left not a morsel. It, it right. tore us apart that the first one, and uh, but we stood the test of time. We did, and and what was it? Four years ago, I got laid off, and. Uh, uh, Michelle was going through a trend, our children are older in college or out of college, um, and she was reinventing the company uh, and rebranding it as K Plus L Storytellers uh, because it had this long credit name beforehand. What was the name beforehand? I gotta know. You can't see? You can't do that. Now I gotta know the name okay. beforehand. It was Kelly Plus Lodestro Global Relations Limited. Okay, yeah, Kelly. Plus, her, her maiden name, my name, her maiden name. Yeah. I've kept my maiden name in only two places. I've kept it in the L, in K plus L Storytellers, mm -hmm. and on the initials inside my main coat, because I bought that when I was single. Everywhere else, it's Michelle Kelly. But in those two spots, those are my 
yeah. I use my maiden name. Yeah. And we started the company because we didn't know what was going to happen. We, we didn't know if we were going to succeed at it, but we felt really strongly about the concept of story. If a company's story is well articulated and if it's understood, then that company has the opportunity to change the world. Totally agree. If you don't understand someone's story, you leave them weak, in a weak position, and they can't possibly do what they need to do on this earth. Absolutely. And you'd be surprised how many companies don't know their story. They know their history, but their history may have been something completely different to what their story is today. Right. And, and their story is their people, it's their why, it's their, it includes their, their mission, vision. their vision, their values, it includes all of that. But really, when you, when you pare it down, what is their real story? And what, what, how do they want to convey that to their audiences? Uh, and we have seen during this pandemic, uh, it's, it's critical for, for companies that used to be able to do things face to face that are now going virtual to be able to really hone in on that story and be able to spread it virtually. It's, it's not an easy task for a lot of companies, especially a lot of the big companies. Manufacturers, you know, which Aurora is built on, uh, is one example where they've got multi, multiple <coughs> plants around the country, around the area, uh, to be able to have a common story that, that involves all of them, right. right? It's not just the plant here and the plant in South Elgin and the plant. But here's what I want to say to everybody watching. Everybody has a story. And, and this is really, really critical. This is something that if, 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 if you take nothing more away from this conversation, you, Curtis, anyone who's watching, you have a story that is unlike anybody else's story. It's an amazing story. You should be proud of your story. You should look at your story, honor your story, live your story, share your story. Co whether you're an individual or a company, it doesn't matter. Your story is the only one of its kind. Isn't that amazing? There's seven billion people who walk this earth. Seven billion people. And yet, each one is so different and so unique. There's seven billion stories walking right. on this earth right now, right this minute. And we have blind spots to our own stories. So. For everyone out there listening and watching, you are really incredible. You're an incredible person, you're incredible, and you have an incredible story. That's, that's really, at the end of the day, I think that more than anything else is astounding. I mean, it puts me in a place of wonder. Isn't that awesome? It is awesome, and I've uh, encouraged my friends who, uh, if, if their spirit or their self-resolve has wavered, I always try to encourage them, like, look, you're doing, I got friends that are real smart. Like, look, you're, you're blessed to be a radiologist. You have the technical skills of an engineer. You should be proud of that. Don't worry that your car broke down. That's another four grand right now. You will get, yes, you're right. Everybody has a, everybody has a story. Yeah, definitely. It's like every snowflake is different, right? Every hand, yeah, exactly. Every that's right, that's right. right. And it's always made me, I've been a history guy, so I've always been fascinated mm -hmm. with who did something first or what, you know, how we got here. Yeah. Um, so you're right, the story is very important for the individual. If we can help them understand who they are, it lets us as a people know who these people are. It builds trust. When you know somebody's 
story, you feel really connected to them. Right. And that story should point out some of the vulnerabilities. It's not all uh, uh, balloons and, and unicorns. Absolutely, and I people mean, will know when the when when you're just hitting the smoke button. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And so what we encourage companies to do is, it's okay to be vulnerable. You don't want your whole website to be vulnerable, but it's okay to talk about your story in right. a way that is human, that right. is real. And not just, like you said, uh, vanilla. Right. Um, to kind of to kind of stay on that, though, for the listeners and for the viewers, so they can understand what we're trying to do here, don't lead with your vulnerabilities, Correct. but don't shy away from them as well, right? Correct. And, you know, sometimes the best failures have turned into awesome successes, you know? Like, that's, man, I was watching a great documentary last night. It was by, it was about Benjamin Disraeli and by another guy named Gladstone. They were the prime ministers of Britain way back, and they had a rivalry. And they're known as the founders of uh, modern British politics. But their their careers are just failure after failure, getting censored, being kicked out, and uh, now they have statues built to them. So yeah, you, I, I I like this kind of conversation. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <sighs> Anyway, so let's let's continue. I don't think it's just, um, Michelle. You're in your biography. It states Italian mother, writer, poetess, and published author. What of your background, specifically being Italian, do you bring to uh, your writing and all that you do? Fire, passion, <laughs> good food, right? <laughs> I think every moment is a moment to celebrate. It's like every moment is like Sunday pasta to me. Right. So we call it gravy, you know, mm -hmm. Sunday pasta, gravy. A small Sunday pasta dinner is made for like 20 people. That's small. That's, that's like nothing. Right. Being Italian is having this unbridled passion for whatever is in front of you like I I can I can do that with folding towels mm -hmm. like I really it's beautiful if you look at the colors and the way they cascade up it's a thing of beauty and I think that in the Italian culture we revere family we revere our children we revere our elders our marriage we revere our elders and we we take very little for granted what's the story of the Italian-American in America. Well, my mother came to this country um, from Tresca Cunca, which is in the northern part of Italy. So I lived the first generation story okay. of this country. And that story is gratitude. Uh, that story is hard work. Uh, that story is grit, not giving up and being resilient. My mother uh, was the translator for, my, for her parents, in large part. Um, as her, my uncle went off to war, and then uh, my mother was the translator, and, and in some, sometimes contributed to the family's welfare. My father um, was born in this country, but his parents were, came to uh, the United States when they were in their 20s, 
And he had also to contribute to the, uh, as the only son, contribute to the family. And I, and I think this is something that Roderick and I have really passed on to our children and, and continue to pass on. I mean, we have two in college. One, um, Catherine's getting married this, this year, and hey. our sons, Patrick and Peter, are in uh, Northern Illinois University and University of Tennessee, respectively. Honor of the family. Honor of the family. What you do outside our home reflects and honors our family. Sure. And so I think that the Italian story is really about family, it's about love, it's about food and, and passion for the little things in life. Mm -hmm. So Roderick and I have an Instagram um, we have an Instagram account and it's it's called the at the first couple of story and the whole purpose behind the Instagram account is to explore what a big story big life is what does it mean to live a big story big life and it's exactly what you're talking about here you know what is the Italian story it's it's that food it's the passion it's the love it's the family so what is it in a larger sense um, what does it mean to live a big story big life you know, in, in there's a, there was a nurse who wrote a book, The Five Regrets, and I don't remember the exact title, but The Five Regrets, and one of them, because she, she worked with patients who were dying, was that they didn't live a true life. Oh, my. They didn't live a true life. That was like their, one, their biggest regret of all. And yeah. we have the opportunity, right now, right this minute, right today, to live that life, no matter what is happening in the background. Absolutely. And for anyone who thinks that, oh, well, she has a successful company, she's doing what she, you know, what makes her heart uh, pound a little faster, uh, she lives in a nice house, let me tell you, when you talk about failure, I remember the day sitting in the Aldi parking lot with looking down at a $20 bill and wondering how I was going to buy groceries that week. That was the recession for us. So that's a little story. That, that's a little story about the reality of life. Mm -hmm. And I'm not ashamed of it. When we got through, we, we paid our mortgage, we put something on the table for our mm -hmm. children, but it was hard and it was, it was really hard. And our faith kept us moving forward. Our love for one another kept us moving forward, um, but it wasn't easy. So, so yes, no, I sit here today and things are going pretty well, but they're, they're not always like that. They haven't always been like that. And um, I, I really do think it comes down to family faith and you know believing in oneself, believing in something to to move you forward. What was your first job ever? My first job was coffee corner girl. I was the coffee corner girl at Central DuPage Hospital, and I worked behind a little counter. It was all mine, and I think that's what I loved most because I, I've always been a um, a bit of a um, what I'd say, not quite as gregarious as Roderick is, so a bit of an introvert. And so uh, I've managed the coffee, I've sold coffee and cookies and muffins and things like that, and I loved it, I loved it. If I could switch careers, you know what I would be? Coffee person. A sampler. I would just stand there and give give out samples to people. That is my dream. I Man, love I that. Bills, <laughs> yeah, that won't pay the college yeah. bills. But. Yeah. Um, you know, I asked. I was I was very honored when you asked me how I was, how the show started and everything because uh, and I asked about the first job because 
I've come to in doing this and hearing people's stories. The folks who are very passionate about what they do, I've just come to I've come to see that it may look nothing like how they started out. Um, nothing like how they I, I had the pleasure of interviewing Sheriff Ron Hain. Mm. I interviewed him again recently, but way back. And here's a guy who nothing in his background would have possibly suggested that he one day be the sheriff of Kane County. Yeah. There's n- nothing. You can't. There's nothing in there. <laughs> um, and I am very impressed by that. People's story, and to the point of the, the nurse who wrote the book about the people who are living or passing away, yeah, boy, you don't want to be laying there thinking about what you should have done, even if you fail. Right. Yeah. Even if you fail. Can't make the point if you don't take the shot. That's true. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's right. So you cannot. Miss it. Yep. So what? Exactly. You make it again. Uh, so now let's get into K plus L storytellers. Yes. Okay. It started in two thousand. Well, it's a, it's a DBA. So the original company was in two thousand three. This. Okay. Okay. And this is this the DBA came about in two thousand seventeen. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. I would say September 17th of that year, because I remember the moment this company was conceived. The moment this company was conceived, Roderick was sitting on the couch and uh, with little sweet Pierre Pug next to him, and he's got all these papers in front of him. Like a good husband should, right? Right. And he has all these papers and their resumes and lists of places he applied to, and I'm just watching this scene. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I don't know how this is going to go, but let's, let's maybe make a change here. And I sat down next to him, I took his hand, and I said, I think old business partners make great new ones. Let's give it a go. And he said, what are you really suggesting? And I said, let's, let's start a company again. Let's let's do this again, but let's do it differently. Let's do it around what we know, which is story. Let's do it around what we love, which is story. Mm-hmm. Let's do it around uh, quality, writing. quality writing, which we love. Uh, we we're big readers. We're admire. We're students of writing. We'll never say we're experts at it. We're right. students of writing. And that day, and I remember that day because it was my mother's birthday. So uh, both our parents, all our parents. His mother and father, my mother and father, are in heaven, but they still tell us what to do. It was her birthday, and I really do believe she was whispering in my ear, saying, Michelle, you're, you're his wife. You need to step up. Why don't you try something different? Well, if you just keep doing the same things, I think it was, uh, oh, I'm going to get the wrong one. It was uh, Freud, perhaps. If you keep doing the same things and expect different results, that's the path right. to insanity. Right. Yeah, so. Whatever it was, yeah. So that's that's yeah, the day we started our, our And we really we 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 learned from our not, not mistakes, we learned from our previous uh, business. They weren't real mistakes, other than the fact that we didn't diversify enough. Uh, oh that was a mistake. And our client our our clients were we had an anchor client at the Motorola that ended up not becoming Motorola anymore. Right. Or it's a shadow of itself. 
And uh, so we put all our eggs in one basket. This time we, we said we just have to diversify. We have to have a good mix of, of clients, both the solopreneurs and smaller businesses all the way to, to larger ones. And, 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 and we've done that. And, and keep it to what we are strong at. And, and then bring in partners that if we need a videographer, if we need a, a, a marketing expert, if we need a social media guru, we bring them into the projects. We don't try to be everything, all, all things to all people. So what does K plus L Storytellers do exactly? We help companies who want to change the world tell their story. Yeah. Um, Bottom line, that is what we do. That is the best. We help companies who want to change the world tell their stories. Mm -hmm. Bam, that was a... And it's, you don't have to change the globe. You just have to change the circle you're in Correct. as a business. Uh, it doesn't have to... Be, you don't have to be a Patagonia. Uh, you, you can just be, you know, the block captain. Or whatever. whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally understand. So, and that's what we help companies do through writing. So, any content, web content, uh, collateral material, blogs, uh, newsletters, anything that's written, mm -hmm. we don't and design it. We help them with their branding as well. So, yeah, their mission, branding. vision, values, etc. We work actually very closely with the SBDC right downtown Aurora. Small yeah. Business Development Center. Yes. By the Community yes. College. Yes. Shouts out. Harry yeah, Parker, you are incredible. Yeah. I don't know you yet, uh, Harry Parker, but... Uh, Harry Parker, she put Parker. her on your list. Gotta get her on your list. She's right. incredible. She, she's a transformer. She's a game changer. Yeah, she's just down here. and She really helps the small entrepreneurs and the, and the small businesses in, in this area. It's just incredible. And then so we, we work with several of her clients as well as um, Fortune 500 companies like Salesforce, yeah. uh, manufacturing companies where the... Um, we are the storytelling uh, for the Valley Industrial Association, Kathy Gilmore. Um, you know, uh, Aurora has such a rich manufacturing um, background. I mean, we, we are Rivertown, and we you can just hear in some of these old buildings the pings and the dust flying, and you can really visualize what it must have been like, the cold concrete floors and the drafty windows and, and the, the smell of tar and paint, you know, the coming, emanating from the factory floor. And even though yeah. some of those, you know, obviously those manufacturing buildings are now being turned into beautiful condos and, and office space, etc., they're still, in Illinois and in the Aurora area, a great sector of manufacturing. Roderick, what's your favorite book? Anything written by Ken Follett, Nelson DeMille, or Jeffrey Archer. I, I go by authors more than books. Okay. Uh, Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett was pro is probably my favorite book. My well, mom gave me that book. I have yet to read it. Pillars of the Earth. It, Pillars She's, of the Earth. She keeps telling have you read Pillars of the Earth? And I'm like, nah, I just finished, uh, you know, Rommel's Desert War. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, whatever you're, you're, you're big into history. Yeah. And this... This is uh, okay. historical fiction, of course, but sure. it is, it's, it's just the best book I've ever read. And, and then there were two sequels, and now a prequel, uh, that aren't nearly as good. So I wouldn't recommend the other three by, okay. by Ken Follett on that series. But Michelle, before we get into your works, mm -hmm. favorite authors or uh, books of yours? Hemingway. Hemingway, I counted one time. He used the word and, the mm -hmm. conjunction and, in a sentence, one sentence. 13 times and he got away with it brilliant writer uh, he he wrote 
viscerally. And I would say he was a minimalist writer, meaning that um, he had this aptitude for showing, not telling, which, right. which it really is the most basic. I mean, if any, for anyone listening who wants to write, show, don't tell. That is the number one rule in writing, in great writing. Um, Rather, well, rather than saying, you know, Todd is six feet tall, Todd barely cleared the doorway. You know he's tall. So so you show it. You don't tell it. Right. Um, so I, I, little things like I that. do love Pearless Buck. Pearless Buck is great. Too. Oh, I, I think, her, you know, her books are so, they're, they're, you know what I love about her books? They're simple. They're simple and profound. And I, truly... In, in my own writing, I'm working on a, an anthology of short stories right now called Nine Candles. That is what I'm striving for. I'm striving for simplicity of writing that hopefully will be something profound that the reader sees and discovers without me telling them. I want my words to be invisible. I want, I want the reader to be actually experiencing the story, not just reading it. Right. That's my goal as a writer. Uh, now, talk about your works. What was your first uh, published work? Well, first published work, actually, I have the book as a present. Yes! <laughs> it's called Today's Inspired Leader. Very and, cool. Uh, Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I, I'm one of um, a dozen authors who contributed to that, to that um, anthology, and it's, it's an essay on... So, so my chapter is about the significance of story. Um, I'm very excited to share that there's a book coming out this year that I've contributed to. This means a lot to me. Okay. It's called Golden Heart. Golden Heart, all right. And it's a, uh, it's a book conceptualized by Christina Goble. This book is going to be given to every young person, every child to teenager in orphanages around the world orphanages and uh, foster care facilities. And it is the whole point of the book, and I, I've contributed three pieces to it, uh, part essay, part poetry. The whole book is to let them know that they are loved. So I'm really excited that the book should be, right now the cover is being designed and the inside layout, so I haven't, I haven't seen the cover yet, but she's gonna be sending that over shortly. And it's due out this year, and I'm so proud to be part of a project that is going to let people I will never have an opportunity to meet to know that they are loved. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Golden Heart. Yes. Very cool. Um, what what can what can the person who listens to this what can they understand if they're not a writer? Okay. <laughs> I've got this one. Yeah. I Three words. You are creative. I'm really practicing sitting in silence, sitting in the quiet. So, so I really want to put some, some vol space around this, some volume around this. You are creative. If you get up in the morning and you are taking care of your child, you're creative. If you're an accountant and you have to unravel a, uh, a naughty arithmetic problem, right. you're creative. Find where the 85 cents went wrong. Exactly. It. If you are a good friend, and then you're a good listener, and you help someone solve a problem, you're, you're creative. 
you don't have to be a writer, you don't have to be an artist, you don't have to be a sculptor, you don't have to be a poet, you are creative. The very first step in being creative is realizing that you are and giving yourself permission to create. That's it. We are our own worst enemy on the creative front. We get it knocked out of us. One, one of the uh, projects that Michelle was involved with the last several years of Washington Middle School uh, was, uh, I, I don't know what it was called. Well, it, the whole program is, was called My Genius Now. My Genius. Okay. And it was um, led by Pat Swanson, a retired teacher from the Aurora area. And she's incredible, incredible human being. And she felt the creative arts could help reading scores. And she was right. Mm -hmm. So I came in and, and taught um, short story writing to the children there. They had somebody who taught yoga. They had somebody who taught, um, the Hicks brothers came in and taught music. Mm -hmm. yeah. And reading scores went up, the highest reading score that went up was 500% from this wow. after school program. Now these were kids who, who were having problems in reading mm -hmm. or who approached literature perhaps tentatively. Um, but once they gave themselves permission to create, so she, she would give them a document, the very first thing to sign, the students. A permission slip. A permission slip. Yeah. That, and that they could write anything that they wanted. They wanted. And uh, at the end of the, the semester, they would publish a book of their stories yeah. or their poetry. And, and, and a lot of it was done uh, in teams. Uh, but the students would select the characters and name the characters and decide what, you know, the, the climax of the story and the resolution and all of that. That's awesome. It was awesome. And uh, it was funded, I believe, by, was it the Dunham Grant? I think a Dunham Grant. Dunham Grant. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing poetry and, and creative writing being taken out of the public schools, uh, that, you know, for whatever reason. And, uh, this was our opportunity, Michelle's opportunity, to give back to that uh, a little bit, and, and it's really unfortunate. When we saw during the inauguration that lovely poet, yeah. uh, she just, 22, 23 years old, hit out of the park. I mean, who's our next poet? At, mm. Who's our next 13-year-old, 10-year-old writing poetry to that degree? I mean... Yeah, it, uh, especially given the uh, the social media age that we live in, it is refreshing to see uh, youngsters with a command of the, of, you know, the, the spoken word and be able to articulate themselves like that and not just type it. Yeah. I like that. Well, here, I'm going to respectfully point something out on that point. I'm, I'm really glad that you said that because I was interviewed once and asked by someone, um, do you feel people, young people today, are prolific writers and I know the way they phrased the question I know it was rather a leading question I know they expected me to say no oh right and I said yes I think that they are even more prolific than when Roderick and I were growing up and I'm going to tell you why they're constantly telling stories they're constantly they are constantly sharing a story arc I started here I saw this this is what happened it's a beginning, middle, and an end. The story arcs that young people are, are, are writing today on social media are really incredible. Now, do I think that they're all sitting home writing the next great American novel? <laughs> no. Perhaps not. 
But what they don't realize is they're journaling. It's Social media is journaling. It's unabound creativity for sure. Absolutely. It's not the traditional way that we, it's not Reader's Digest. Right, right. right. But... Which I had a story published in once. You did? Yeah. Uh, I grew up I, I reading. I didn't even know that. I grew up reading Reader's Digest. Reader's Digest took me. Um, so, my parents are divorced. Sadly, I spent a lot of time with them in divorce court instead of school. Uh, and the law offices and little front rooms. Okay. National Geographic and Reader's Digest right. saved my life. Wow. Uh, Words saved your life. Oh, yeah. I, I would. There was a point in time in life where I would be at the library so much, I'd be there before the new Reader's Digest, so I'd read one of the old ones, just catch up on a good story. You know, all Moby Dick. Amazing. Or, you know, something, yep. whatever. You yep. know, you know, National Geographic, right. Polar Bears. So right. I read my Polar Bears. Amazing. Yeah, I love, uh, I love books, I love reading. I really do. Um, so, today's Inspired Leader, Stories of Impact, Community, and legacy. Mm -hmm. This is very interesting. Thank you very much. I will definitely be reading this. Definitely. Thank you. I'm I appreciate, honored. I appreciate Always it. honored when people read my words. Um, so before we get before we get to the uh, the end part of the show, I do want to ask you, how has COVID impact what's the biggest impact rather COVID has had in uh, your operation? Well, I can say from a personal standpoint, it's been a blessing because we've had our children home more than they would have normally been home. Not just the two at college, but our daughter who lives in the city. She, she, because she's working remotely, oftentimes will come, in fact, she's coming Wednesday to stay with us for, through the Super Bowl. So from a personal standpoint, it's just been a blessing to be with our, our kids, our family. Uh, from a business standpoint, we have really seen that companies have, have understood the importance of, of telling their story because they, they can't do the face-to-faces. They're not going to trade events. They're not doing a lot. They're doing everything virtually. And so they really have to get their messaging down. They really have to hone, understand, be consistent. You've got all these remote workers now, and the stories that have to be consistent to the story, the company story, has to be consistent across all departments, across all plants, across all uh, divisions. Uh, across all countries in the multinational. Uh, we, work, we work with a Swiss-based company, and they're all over the world, obviously. So so we help them tell their stories and be consistent with the messaging. For, for me, it, it, something really beautiful came. Well, there were many beautiful parts of this past year. I mean, just the quiet. And you can attend five meetings in a, in a span of four hours. Yeah. And so the productivity level and... and, and um, Communication really amped up, but something really great happened. Mm -hmm. uh, so, as a writer, I have a lot of you know colleagues who are in the creative realm, you know, designers, etc. Um, and I had somebody approach me. His name is Dean Petrolakis, and we. I love him. He's Greek, I'm Italian, so everything's about yeah. la, 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 It's all la. Mediterranean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, Michelle, you know, pandemic, there's just, people are losing jobs, you mm -hmm. know, in, in our field, and, and there's a lot of, uh, obviously, there's a lot of uh, uncertainty, and what do you think if we, if we took our creative gifts and maybe somehow shared them to lift others up? And I'm like, yes, I'm in. And so we formed this group 
called the Orange Squad. The Orange Squad. The Orange Squad. And the whole purpose of the Orange Squad, we have a website, we're on social media, it's the Orange Squad. It's about nine or ten of us who started, who are founders of this organization. I don't even know, a collective, if you will. Yeah, it's not really right, an organization. Right. Yeah. Um, we, our mission is to bring creativity to all. To, to inspire people to believe in themselves creatively. To encourage people to write and to draw and to express themselves creatively. And so we started the Orange Squad and it's really exciting. We did our first jam session, so I, I kind of let it, we're going to do these once a month where we, um, we share our talents with people and um, it's really create in a jam session environment. So we wrote a short story. I helped people write a short story I, in one hour. It was a, yeah. And it's being edited, we'll add the content to our website when it's ready, but we'll, we have, our next one is with Pat Helmers, okay. he's a local podcaster, he's the owner of Habanero Media, and he's going to be talking about the relationship between plants, growing plants, and creativity. So literally, I know, these are, so... That's his passion. I can see it. I could, I could see it. We want these kind of edgy, so, so my jam session was um, how, how to... Uh, you are a creative writer, even if your English teacher gave you an F. So we have these like little edgy things that we're doing. It's it's a whole. It's it's so much fun. It's so much fun, and we're building out content that will help people connect with the creative self. Because and here's the kicker, Curtis. Here's the kicker. Kick me. Kick All right. <laughs> the pandemic, uncertainty, racial injustice, mm -hmm. the the list of you know health health. Um, problems, the, the, people losing jobs, unemployment. There are so many deep and moving and sad and tragic things happening around us. What are we going to do? We're going to create our way out. Right. If we are creative, we can think of innovative ways to help others. If we are creative, we can think of innovative ways to change tomorrow and, and, and to and to reverse, you know, some of the things that are happening right now, if we're creative. Creativity means expressing our soul and expressing our deepest gifts with others. And if we can do that, if everyone did that, it would be an amazing impact on, on, on our futures and on people and our families and our neighborhoods and our communities. Creativity. A, a simple, a, the simple act of every day looking at the sky and writing down what you see. Do that for seven days and I guarantee you, you will be more in touch with the things that are important to you. Yeah, we, we even take it to, we have, a, we have a client in Arizona who just loves getting emails from us because we are very creative in our subject line mm. and in the email itself. We don't just write, uh, here's, your here's, here's, your, yeah, here's, a, here's a contract, please, please review the contract. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's fun. It's fun. And yeah. he chuckles, he gets up, he calls us right away. I just, I just love that tagline. I love that your subject line. I love what you wrote. How creative he said. I get hundreds of emails and I always will open yours because because of that. It's things like that. Little things can help you 
move forward and move in business or you know as an employee have fun I mean it's too we're here to have joy we're here to I have mean, definitely we, we lose that when we when we constantly talk about productivity and to-do lists and and all these things that we have to do and should do um, we're here to have some a little bit of joy and we have the power to do that with words I mean we all do everybody does you do we do everybody listening um, a little a little note to somebody mm -hmm. an unexpected handwritten note uh, words matter. As Roderick said, even an, even a subject line can change the day for someone. Yeah. Um, tell us about the poem that you wrote for the Veteran of the Month. Oh my gosh, yes. So I wrote this poem uh, called Soldier in Blue. And it was really a nod to um, the Aurora Grand Army of the Republic Memorial Museum. Um, I, I was, when, when I'm in GAR, I am transported to another time, um, remembering the men and women of the Civil War and the Gar Post Number 20, with, which mustered out of Aurora. Um, so this poem really remembers and honors uh, those people. Um, it explores how we are connected with our past, and um, and why we should never and, forget. And she was asked by. Uh, Chuck Nelson at the time he was uh, yes awesome human being Chuck yeah. Nelson I love Chuck Nelson he's, oh my god he's, he's our neighborhood guy too yes in fact when we when we were thinking of moving to um, Aurora he was the alderman in the area mm -hmm. for our where our house is and uh, we called him and asked him do you do you feel like this is a good decision for our family and what do you think about this neighborhood so he's been, always been a very important person in our lives um, and kind of like one of those little guardian angels, you know, in the background who um, has always been a, um, somebody that we really admire and respect. And he asked, he asked me to recite this poem at the Veteran of the Month um, event, and it's called Soldier in Blue. Do you have it? Yes, I do. All right, please read it. <clears throat> Hundreds of fire orange suns have set since I've seen you. And that's how it goes. The years, they swiftly ebb and flow and flow and flow, vanishing into mercurial dust. Hallowed halls, hush now, I feel you. Soldier in blue, cold, so cold. I weep for your young heart, bold, so bold, vanishing into lucid light. Long ago, you were an empty chair at a wooden table, a memory some mother wept for. But here in this place, in the Grand Army of the Republic of which you are the subject, I see your plain, pensive eyes. Your voice rings a sweet reprise on the shores of today, not folklore or apparition, but touchable like the sun that rises without condition, now vanishing into silence. Light. Somehow the bare slant of it tells me your story, the blood red of stained glass. You could be my son, hold my hand, fast, so fast, vanishing to the thumping beat of a drum. My heart beats for you. Did you know where your feet would fall? Into the clutches, into the wandering, winding road to war. I cannot change what has happened before, never before, vanishing now into icky black. Words. 
Words are engraved on the inside of your yellow gold ring. Or a pocket watch, or scrawled across a letter. I never met you, but I know you. Soldier in blue, forever blue, so blue, this is all I have of you. Vanishing no more. Thank you. Thank you so much. The GAR, for those who are unfamiliar with it, is the Grand Army of the Republic. It is located on Downer, right yes. across from City Hall, and next door to the parking structure right there. A lot of people think it's a church. It's not a church. Far from a church. Great place. Shout out to our friend of the show, Eric Pry. Uh, that's an excellent poem. Thank you. Great job. Thank you for allowing me the honor of sharing it. Well, one thing that I do know, that I've come to learn about this show is that if you deny uh, an Italian woman the right to speak, you may have a, you know, I don't want that kind of trouble on the show. We know at your door. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I, I, and plus, what I do admire, though, that's, that I want you to know is that the spoken word, I, I like to write, I like to read, some of you guys, I really have an affinity for the spoken word, mm. so I like to hear any anyone's poetry. Um, everybody's got a story to tell. Yes, you know, everybody's got a story to tell. I think you should start start a show, the spoken word show. The spoken word show. <laughs> on Good Morning Aurora. I don't know what. Let me uh, write that down. The spoken word show. So the show ends on a positive note. What is your message? What's you folks' message today for the people of Aurora? Write something. Write something because you are amazing. And you have an amazing story to tell. Write something today. And, and just look for your creative within you. And um, you've got it. You've got creativity and use it in whatever way that is. You know, tell jokes at the family dinner table. Tell bad jokes, like I was telling you. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta. Yeah. No matter how bad it is, just tell just it. Just tell it. Don't hold back. You're all creative. Yeah. Remember, your audience is eight. Just tell it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, this is a uh, this was a great conversation and a great Thank show. You, I'm glad to meet you, folks. I'm glad to talk to you, and I I wish you guys the absolute best in everything that you're doing. And your clients will definitely benefit from knowing you, folks. Curtis, thank, you. Yep. thank you so much. It was so delightful. I love talking to you. Yeah, this was fun. This yeah. was this was this is a perfect job, I swear. I, yeah. I love it. I love it. Um and I, I really do like uh the fact that the creativity that I myself feel like I'm putting forward can help inspire other people. And you, there was a point in the conversation you guys were talking about that I wrote it down actually. Hold on. Show, don't tell. Mm. You know, that's right. That's right. Don't tell, show them in your words and what you're talking about. It's not the guy was six feet tall. It's, you know, he couldn't clear the doorway. Yeah. It's not, I walked in, I smelled gas. No, the acrid fumes of petroleum. Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah. Do, yes, definitely. And just because it's not, a bestseller now doesn't mean it won't be. Right. That's right. Exactly. That's right. Man, I, this was a very uh, inspiring conversation. So for our listeners, I hope you guys have a blessed day. We appreciate Roderick and Michelle coming on mm -hmm. to the show. 
Uh, all of you guys have a safe, blessed, positive day out there. It is Monday, February 1st, so let's have a great month as well. And we will see you guys back on the show for another great episode tomorrow. Arrivederci! Arrivederci! <laughs>